we're going off to, well, basically the coast in the podcast this week. Oh, great. Yeah, because uh, there's been a couple of reports about coastal properties and what's happening. And my column in the Fin Review next week mm -hmm. will be about what to look out for if you do buy into coastal property. Right. So, uh, yeah, but... We can't avoid mascot towers. No, that's right. It seems to be everywhere still. <laughs> and our uh, podcast with David Chandler last week is one of the highest rating podcasts we've ever done. Okay, I guess, I mean, mascot towers captured everybody's attention and the fact that there may be a solution in the offing. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah, so we'll have a chat about that. We'll talk about heading down the coast with our buckets and spades and that will probably give us more than enough to talk about <laughs> I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the flat chat column for the Australian Financial Review. And I'm Sue Williams, and I write about property for Domain. And this is the Flat Chat Wrap. So what's happening in property prices, Sue? So there's a report late last month in the Sydney Morning Herald about coastal property prices and about how they kind of went up hugely during COVID, as we remember. Yeah, yeah. And then they kind of, they sank a little bit, and oh, then they... Quite a lot, I yeah, think. Yeah, and they plateaued, and now they've been rising again. Mm. So while Sydney, the rate of price growth has been lessening, I mean, prices are still growing, but by, by less every yeah. day, coastal properties, the prices seem to be getting even stronger. Right. But at the same time, you can still pick up some real bargains along this. Mm. I think that's the message. Well, the, the issue is quite complicated because uh, according to that report and from what we've seen ourselves, the demand for properties has gone back a bit because of hybrid work. Uh, People having to go back to work. Yeah, mm. yeah. But there's also an increase in the amount of property available. So generally speaking, that should indicate falling prices, but it's not. It's kind of plateaued. Mm, that's right. It's interesting with the back to work thing because – during COVID, I know a couple of people, one person relocated to Adelaide yep. um, because she thought she might as well live in the Adelaide Hills, which is very nice and incredibly cheap, yep. and she could still work remotely for Sydney. Yep. But now she's being called back to the office, you know, for two days a week. Right. <laughs> so it's she... become a bit of a problem. So now she's selling up yep. and having to, you know, get back into the market in Sydney, which is actually really quite hard once you've left. Yes. And another friend went over to Tasmania to do the same thing. So it is very, very difficult for people who relocated as a result of COVID. Some mm. are making it work. Mm. I mean, for instance, my brother bought a place during COVID in Port Macquarie. Yep. And then he relocated there. And actually, he and his wife find that they absolutely love it. He travels a lot for his work anyway. He does. He I just mean, he travels drive, a bit further. Yeah, that's right. He drives the six hours to Sydney regularly. Wow. Um, he, he doesn't seem to mind all that drive. But right. um, for most people, I mean, I couldn't drive six hours Right. Is it six or four? I, I it think about, it's six well, to Lesko. He, he tends, yeah. oh, okay. he tends to have to go via country towns and stuff because he right. does a lot of work there. Right, okay. But, um, yeah, you have to spend an awful lot of time on the – obviously, yeah. Port Macquarie, you can fly there too. Yeah, 40-minute yeah, flight. Yeah, but that would be very expensive if you were coming down regularly. Absolutely. So some people have actually relocated and loved it. Some people are bouncing back to the cities and mm. leaving those properties vacant or trying to hang on to them as holiday homes, I think, yep. as well. Yeah. 
And it's difficult because they're, they're finding themselves quite stretched, you know, with the rising cost of living and interest rates still quite high. Yeah. But I think everybody is hoping that interest rates will be going down a bit later on this year. Yeah. And suddenly everything will kind of level out again. Yeah. I uh, got caught out recently because I honestly believed that, uh, it was only in Sydney that you, that apartments could ban Airbnb. Mm. Or, or, you know, other short-term rental, like they could pass bylaws. But ev- anywhere in New South Wales, an apartment block can pass a bylaw saying we don't want short-term rentals. And in some of these towns, I know it's a big issue like down in Kayama, where I know we were talking to a real estate agent who was just spluttering about how ridiculous it was that some buildings were passing anti-Airbnb bylaws because from the real estate agent's point of view, it was cutting down the the potential value of the property. Mm. But you can imagine people who have decided to go, for instance, uh, to retire in a town like Kayama, finding that you know, half their neighbours change every weekend. They don't know what the bylaws are, and even if they did know, they wouldn't care. Mm. It's, yeah. So you've got to be you've got to be quite careful. Absolutely. And it's interesting. I did a story for um, Prestige Domain in the AFR the other day about how there are new business models springing up, say in Byron Bay, because you can only Airbnb a place for 180 certain... a night's the limit there, or is it 90? I'm not sure, but th- yeah. th- they are quite stringent. I, I guess yeah. that council has probably been the most proactive mm. out of everywhere in limiting Airbnb and similar short-term platform lets. So it's new business models starting where they're getting hotels now, which investors can buy a room in the hotel. And then that becomes their kind of Airbnb. So it's run as a proper hotel that the place that they're building in Byron Bay is being managed by Ray's, you know, Otter goes by Ray's, really kind of posh hotel management company. So this new kind of hybrid is coming up where people can buy apartments and, and rent them out as a holiday rental, but it's actually part of a hotel so therefore it's not it's not subject to the same limitations as um, local council regulations so right. it's interesting the different ways people are getting around it and and that's probably a really good model because it's actually going to be properly managed mm. um, and it's kind of on its own it's not nestled among a, loads of other houses or anything so it's probably a really healthy development yeah I mean well if for all, no other reason then you know what you're getting into mm. I mean it is yeah. quite possible that you could buy into an apartment block somewhere in, you know, on the coast, uh, central coast or wherever, and think that you're either going to avoid Airbnb or even worse, that you're going to do it. You're going to put your apartment on Airbnb and you'll only go there when you want to go. Um, mm. The rest of the time, it's going to generate money for you. And find out you get there that the locals have decided that they're going to ban it, which would be awkward. <laughs> Sure would. I think that once short-term lets are in a building to any significant extent, it's very hard to change it because bylaws can be blocked by 25% mm. of owners. So if you've got 25% in a building that's um, you know already on Airbnb, then you, that's not going to change anytime mm. soon. Um, and you can find this out because 
well, theoretically, you can find this out because people are supposed to tell the strata scheme um, 21 days before they go on to short-term letting. They're supposed to tell the strata scheme that they are going on to short-term letting. Now, I'm getting the feeling that that law, that rule is uh, just ignored by our people. Mm. And uh, you've also got the, the other thing that we are encountering where your strata manager um, out in the country might not work by the same rules as the strata managers in the city. Mm. You know, like just getting a hold of the strata role seems to be, uh, for some companies, it's like, well, why would you want it? It's private and you don't need it and we'll do everything for you, which uh, is kind of like going, is that thing about going into the country is like going back 20 years in time. <laughs> and it certainly seems to apply to strata. Mm. And at the same time, you know, there are some people who've, you know, rented out doing short-term rentals with coastal properties, and then they're finding it's kind of more trouble than yeah. worth it because they may may live in you know Sydney and have a place um, on the central coast or they may live in um, Melbourne and have a place on the Mornington Peninsula. So it's quite a journey to get there yeah. between visitors to get it serviced. And yeah. obviously there's lots of other companies who can service it for you, but that takes a big chunk out of your profits. Yeah. A friend of mine who, who's been doing it has is now decided to abandon it because it's just – so much hassle to organise different visitors' time and make sure the sheets are changed and clean, places yep. up to scratch. And it, she just said it's just not worth the stress anymore. Right. And, uh, I mean, there are these companies. But as you said, you you discovered this yourself. You did a report oh, months and months ago about how if you're going to get into Airbnb, you really need to have, like, a minimum of four or five properties. Mm, to make it To make it worthwhile. Mm. Or be in an area where the profits that from Airbnb far outweigh the costs because mm-hmm. there are companies, you know, that will come in and do all that stuff for you and they're very efficient and they'll manage it and they'll advise you and they'll get your registration sorted out for you and all that kind of stuff. Um, but then you've got to look at how much am I going to earn and how much is it going to cost and is it really worth it? Another aspect to that is tax because the tax mm. office is now looking at people who are claiming the costs of their holiday rental and they're saying, well, hang on, you were in there for yes. yeah three mm. weeks over Christmas and you were in there for two weeks over Easter. And these, apart from being your peak times for earnings, you cannot claim that proportion of uh, costs of the rental because you it wasn't available for rent. And you know, once the tax office gets onto these things, like <laughs> they really, you know, they go through places like a dose of salts and you suddenly find that that idyllic thing of I'm going to have a property down the coast or up the coast and I'm going to be there for maybe six or seven weeks a year. We'll take the family up there and the rest of the time it'll be on uh, short-term holiday let. Um, it's not Viable, just mm. not viable. Sometimes it's far better to invest in a property that and put it out for residential rent because then you'll get a return all the time. Yep. And you'll feel good because you're providing some housing How for somebody. much needed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay. Uh, when we come back, we're going to look at Mascot Towers and some of the, would you call it a backlash, Sue? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's after this. A lot of people listened to our podcast last week where David Chandler uh, spoke about the rescue plan. He's kind of wrangled, I suppose, for Mascot Tower. Mm. Um, and the controversy continues to, to rumble on. I got a very abusive 
post on the flat chat forum from somebody purporting to be the chairperson of um, Mascot Towers Strata Committee, basically accusing me, I can't remember, it was a bit of a rant, to be honest, uh, of of taking either taking money to get the story, the, the podcast in, or paying money or something. <laughs> it wasn't quite And <laughs> it was a rah-rah piece for, for uh, the government. And why didn't we put the other point of view? Mm. And my view was, well, it was a podcast and we had an interview with him and what was I supposed to do? Like send them the interview and say, please comment. Mm. Um, it was breaking news, wasn't it? It was. We had mm. to get it out there. Absolutely. And, and, fu- and funnily enough, I said, this is your chance to comment, mm. you yeah. know, but you've decided to use that space to insult me and attack us. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's your choice. But you can choice. understand, you know. I can, yeah, I'm being uh, a bit a, flippant here. Yeah. What a terrible time everyone's had. You know, it's over four and a half years since they were evacuated yeah. from Mascot Towers. Many people have just been renting other places. You know, the government's provided emergency yeah. help for the rents. Um, but they've got those nice apartments which with cracks in, which yeah. they can't go into. Yeah. Uh, their lives have been on hold. They don't know what's happening. It's incredibly stressful. So you can understand why some of them are really angry and upset and distressed. And I talked to a few this week <clears throat> for a story in the Sydney Morning Herald about um, how they feel about the deal. I mean, there are people who feel... Very, it's not a great deal in lots of ways. And and as David said last week, it's kind of, you know, nobody's going to be really thrilled with it, but hopefully it will see an end to this terrible thing. Yeah, it's the least worst. Yes, that's right. But um, there are some people who are saying, yes, um, it's okay because we get the chance to walk away from Mascot Towers debt free Mm. and we start our lives again because their mortgage debts and their strata levy debts will be wiped out. And they'll get something for their apartments, only not very the re- much. Only the residents. But but the people, the other, there are a number of groups which are not really benefiting in the same way. Yeah. So for people who owe a lot on their mortgages and owe their lot on their strata fees, yeah. you know, it could be said to be quite a good deal. Yeah. But for those who've paid out their mortgages yeah. and who have um, dedicatedly paid every strata bill they've had, yeah. for them, it's really not such a good deal at all because- they That's feel, lost money. Yeah, they feel they're being punished for having done the right thing for many years. Right. Um, and I spoke to an elderly couple who, yes, don't have a mortgage anymore and dutifully paid their strata levies, which went up to, at one point to $40,000. And um, they paid all that. They raided their super in order to pay that. And now they're being presented with this solution where – they will only get a small proportion of the value of their apartment back. Yeah. And they don't have any debts to be cancelled. Right. And I talked to others in similar positions who've paid off most of their mortgages, so they don't really stand to gain very much at all. Then there's also the investors. Who get nothing. Who will get nothing. They don't um, even get the debts paid off. They don't, no. don't They don't get their mortgages paid off. That's right. I mean, David Chandler, I quote him at length in my column in the, the Fin Review this week, where he says, well, look, that's that they're investors. You know, they, they it's like sh- stocks and shares. Sometimes they go up, sometimes they go down. But in terms of property, you've also got negative gearing and uh, the uh, tax breaks on... Uh, capital gains tax. Capital gains, yeah. yeah. So, you know, he's he is less sympathetic towards them. But, I mean, that really is the poison chalice that was handed to him for, for this project, which mm. was basically because he has a lot of credit in the community. Mm. Like 
people trust him, they believe him, they can see he's done terrific work. The government has kind of, in a way, plundered that and, mm. and said, right, you go out and sell this idea. And originally, the idea was the collective sale of the whole building to a developer, which would have been a very different scenario. Mm. Um, people would have got something close to the value, well, not close to the value, close to the current value of their property. Mm. Um, but that was knocked out by the Supreme Court. So they had to come up with this plan to sell the apartments individually as a collective. Mm. And are you, do you think there's any chance that they won't get the 75% approval? Because they need to have, for this deal to go through, 75% of the owners individually have According to... According to their unit entitlements, yeah. Yeah, have, have, to to, have to agree. Do you think they, that anybody will go, or in 25%, 26% of people will go, this is just not worth it? It's very hard because, the, you know, there's two clear groups, the leavers and the stayers. Yeah. And there are some people who don't want to sell, but at the same time, if you're a stayer, you face a really uncertain future because yeah. you don't get your debts wiped out, of course, no. so you still have to pay your mortgage. The rent assistance by the government runs out in June. That's yeah. going to be stopped. And the building will be bought if the 75% win. And um, you don't really know what the consortium plans to do or even really who they are. We know Lanark, the strata finance company, is one of them, but we don't really know who the others are. Mm. We assume that they plan to remediate the building. But then, you know, that may take many, many years. You've got mm. to get development approvals, lots and lots of engineer reports, and then the work ha actually has to be done. So your apartment will be sitting empty for a long, long time, and you'll still be paying um, levies. And, levies. And, and the levies and may be huge because they're doing the building all the work. work. Yeah. yeah. It's so it's really uncertain. I mean, you may in the end win out because maybe the apartments will then be worth a lot of money. Yeah. But you may not. So yeah. it's really hard to judge. And I think a lot of these, a lot of the owners are saying, well, we, we haven't been told yet what we're likely to get. You know, we don't know what kind of price the consortium want to pay. And, you know, the government will only agree if there is a 75%. So it's yeah. kind of, you know, I mean, the, the government, devil you yeah. know or the devil you don't. The government has agreed with the lenders that if the lenders forgive 60% of the debt, then they will make up the rest. Mm. So the government will put money in to to clear the the mortgages and, and loans and things like that. There's not going to be any winners. No, but there will be some people who will make more than much more than others. I mean, there would be, you'd think, if you were able to do the calculation, that if you were one of these people who had paid all the strata levies and had paid off their mortgage and weren't going to get any benefit at all from the, or very little benefit mm. at all from this collective sale, um, you might think, well, I might just hang in there. But at the same time. It's a huge time, gamble though, isn't it? It is a huge gamble. And the couple I spoke to yesterday, um, they're both very elderly. They're both suffering ill health. And they say it's a result of the stress that they've been under. The woman's on antidepressants. The man has Parkinson's that he said came on as a result oh, of all the stress and strain. So, so they'd be living under even more stress and strain for the next five, ten years. Yeah, they might not even see the end of it. That's right. So what do they do? And, you know, maybe they they had the penthouse, so they had the most expensive apartment on the top, um, which was worth a lot of money, and they'll probably just get a fraction of that. And they yeah. were saying, you know, it won't be enough to buy another place to live in. Mm. Um, we'd have to go into the country maybe or, 
you know, that, maybe down the coast. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really difficult. And they said that this this other group, this group of disaffected people who who really won't see much benefit. Yeah. They reckon out of the 131 apartments in Mascot Towers, they make up about um, there's about 41 of them. Yeah. Who will miss out on most of the benefits. Right. So that's a big chunk. And yeah. if they do get organised, but I mean, they're not really organised at the moment. They only know a few of the people. Yeah. Um, if they do get organised, well, I guess they could mount a campaign to for the, the no vote. Yeah, because one of the things that, I mean, I think the reason the alleged chairperson of Mascot um, was so angry was that the Strata Committee was kind of bypassed in all this, wasn't mm, it? That's right. But, you know, that's, that's Strata law. That's the reality of strata. You can have your committee and you can have your meetings, but at the end of the day, the owners as a group can just say, mm. well, we don't agree with that. We want this other thing. So you can understand why the well, why David Chandler and the New South Wales government said, let's just get to the, the heart of the matter. Yeah, and he had those meetings with people face to face. And it's difficult because, you know, the Strata Committee, you know, took the legal actions and stuff. And there may be some people who feel that they, you know, they were misguided or they had bad legal advice or <clears throat> they shouldn't have done some of the things they did. And so some people will be saying, yes, great, deal with us instead. Whereas others will be saying, well, they were our voted collective yeah, yeah. representatives. So really, they're the ones that you should be dealing with. The whole situation, I mean, it's just a perfect storm. Everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. And now, you know, all credit to David Chandler for trying to put things right. Mm. But maybe the New South Wales government could afford to be a little bit more generous. You know, they're saying, some of these people are saying, we'll, we'll get probably about a third of what our apartments are worth. How about if we get half of what they're worth? Maybe we'll be satisfied with that. Yeah. And, you know, that's not too greedy, is it? I mean, just getting half means that they, you know, do stand a chance to rebuild their lives, whereas yeah. a third, pretty difficult. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's no simple solution. And you get a sense that we know that there are buildings around that are in trouble. Some of them are sitting empty. That's the problem, I think. You know, if the if there's a precedent set here, those other buildings could say... They'll come along and say, we want, we, the, we same want the same deal. And then mm. the government won't have enough money to do... Mm. Well, they should. It's, uh, I mean, there is a finite amount of money that the government has. And mm. if they don't spend it on schools or and things like that, then that's a whole other sure. <laughs> issue. yeah. But they do seem to be spending quite a lot on digging tunnels. So. <laughs> but then they've they've stopped that. You know, there was going to be a tunnel to Lithgow. Yeah. And uh, they got a little way with that. We saw all the work on the roads when I was going up there so often. And now that's all haunted. Yeah, but the, the roadworks are still there. They are. You're still I guess getting be forced into up. one lane. Mm, yeah. um, one of these uh, be careful what you wish for moments, isn't it? It's uh, the roadworks to make the road easier now are making it a lot diffi more difficult. Mm. Um, right. Well, I think we haven't heard the last of no. Mascot Towers. And the, and the vote's in February, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes. And you've got a story coming up in the Sydney Morning Herald about the, well, what we call the backlash, the people mm. who are not yeah. happy. Yeah. I think I've heard that the Daily Telegraph is doing something as well. So, mm. And I'm sure TV is going to be all over this. Sure, absolutely. We'll uh, keep you all posted, safe to say. Um, right, Sue, um, another busy day on the pod. Thank you once again for your contribution and uh, thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to the Flat Chat Rap Podcast. You'll find links to the stories and other references on our website, flatchat.com.au. And if you haven't already done so, you can subscribe to this podcast completely free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Flat Chat Rap with a W, click on subscribe, and you'll get this podcast every week without even trying. Thanks again. Talk to you again next week.